What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the official fuck Purdue basketball podcast of the NBA. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. And Noah, fuck Purdue? Fuck Purdue, Colin. We're talking about the... Oh, baby! Big shot pop in the flesh! What a game. What a fucking game, Noah. I have been through so many of those games in my lifetime as a Hoosier fan, and there was not one ounce of me that ever thought we were going to pull that out. Not one ounce. But here we are, Mike Woodson, Rob Finnessy, Xavier Johnson, TJD, uh, just the whole squad, the whole cast, Trey Galloway with some phenomenal defense down the stretch. Oh my god. Absolute phenomenal win, 68-65. to 65. The Hoosiers beat Purdue for the first time in five years, knocked down the number four seed in the nation. Mm. I mean, no, it doesn't get mm. any better than that. Mm. Uh, Jay Nivey, you may be a top five pick in this upcoming draft, but you were the oh. second best player on the court tonight, baby. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, he was. I, you know, I just, no, we gotta say, Jay Nivey is really nice. He's so no, he's, nice. He's really, he's, he's so really good, nice. and he's really fun to watch. But big shot, Bob, baby, big shot, Bob. Oh, Let's go, dude. And did you see the quote before the game where Mike Woodson was talking about Rob Finnessy, and he was like, "This, this ain't the old times. I'm trying to get him to forget about the past. You know, this is Coach Woodson now. He loves you. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. how, Mike, how much Mike, better does it get?" It, you know, this is the first win, Colin, of the Mike Woodson era, and it, you, you know, I can feel it. You, IU basketball hasn't had a win this big, Colin, what, since we were just talking about it, since we were freshmen? Yeah. Um, back in 2016, 2017, like, yeah. tonight felt amazing, Colin, and I hope it's just the first of, the first to come, honestly. Yeah, I, even... First of many to come, sorry. Like... Like, people who don't maybe follow Indiana basketball, which I'm sure is a lot of people, I don't think that they maybe understand how big basketball is to Indiana. I think if if you're a generally pretty decent college basketball fan, you might understand. But for a program like Indiana to have had the drought that it's had, it's embarrassing. No, we were the first class to graduate without seeing a team make it to the tournament. Like, think about that. First class yep. ever. <laughs> yep. Mighty unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Archie Miller, pretty garbo, you know, definitely not a player's coach. We get Mike Woodson, and more importantly, we get Mike Woodson in a suit. And that's what it's all about. 14-0, and 0, baby. <laughs> 14-0 and in a suit, 0-4 when he doesn't wear the suit. Wow. Wow. Assembly yeah. Hall was rocking, Colin. It was, if there was ever a question if Assembly Hall is one of the greatest places to ever watch a basketball game, that was confirmed again tonight. And just remember, Purdue, you don't got any of those ban- banners hanging up in your arena. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah, I, I just... I know this is an NBA fantasy podcast, but we, we just, oh, I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it. 
It's truly, no, it's one of those wins where, like, I'm going to be on Twitter later tonight just, like, looking at what people are saying. You know those wins? <clears throat> yeah. Those yeah, are the best I, ones. Um, I, uh, I, I don't have any college basketball con other than March Madness tournament games and IU basketball games. And I really only watch basketball games because that's how much I, I want the team to see it. God, I cannot handle the spacing in college, Colin. The spacing in college is so bad. <laughs> it, it's it's atrocious. It's a it's painful to watch at times, but like you have to understand, some of these kids are just such bad three point shooters that it doesn't make sense to to actually space out. I know, like a guy like Jaden Ivy Con, I cannot wait to see him on an NBA court when he can actually find himself in space be able to ISO because he's able to ISO in college, Colin, which is yeah. like something that not a lot of guys in college have, and he is just going to be electric at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait to see Jaden Ivey on the Pacers. Yeah, because I, the reason that he was so bogged down in the first half was because Purdue is shooting terribly from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. So we weren't respecting their shooters. Oh my they God, weren't making we were them. begging them, dude. We were going yeah. on like every screen. Yeah, and and they're traditionally they've got like three guys who are forty percent three point shooters. They usually always have like two to three white guys that absolutely clip. Yeah, that that Sasha kid, he's got a real pretty shot, and he was just bricking them tonight. Yeah, do you remember that like Matthias dude they had for a couple yeah. years? Yeah, oh, I hated that guy. I hated him so much. <laughs> he sucked. You know who's your uh, your most hated? Purdue player ever though. Uh, it's got to be Isaac Hawks, I think. Yeah, <laughs> he sucked, dude. I hated him. That guy just has the most punchable face I think I've ever seen. I think that's it too. And Body we had a seven footer, but the mental capacity of like a f- guy who's like five two. That's it's probably the best way to describe him. And he, where did he tra- did he transfer to Kansas? I think so. Yeah, he, I mean, I remember there was a game where we spent, like, the whole second half chanting, fuck Haas, and we got, like, a student body warning about it from, like, the <laughs> the administration. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, just send everybody to the principal's on. office? Yeah, like, wh- what? You're not starting the game again until everyone leaves. Yeah, and then who was it? Was like Jeff Goodman got on Twitter and was like, "This is despicable." It's like, hell, look at Jeff. <laughs> oh man, Colin, what a win! Um, should we talk the other the other basketball league, Colin? I what's what is that one even called at this point? I forgot about it. The league without IUBB in it, I think. Ah, uh, God, hate to be that league. All right, let's let's talk about it. Oh God, and oh that first bullet point—that's not a bullet point that I'd like to talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, in this episode, me and Colin, we're going to do our mid-season awards. But it, so much NBA news has came out in the last couple of days, last week, Colin, that we have to spend this—you know—first uh, first segment just doing an NBA mm-hmm. news roundup. Um, I got a bunch of bullet points here, Colin. I'm just going to read them off, and we can just get your reaction to them. Yeah. Uh, first one, Colin, not a very yeah. good piece of news for you. 
but Lonzo Ball had a slight tear in his meniscus, and he is. they were basically debating Con on if he needed surgery or not, and he's having that knee surgery, Con, and he's expected to miss six to eight weeks. Um, so, personally, personally okay. Con, I don't think it's that bad. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but, um, I, I I'd agree. rather him get it fixed now. That's, yes, so that's exactly where I am. I'd rather him be healthy come the playoffs... And, like, he'll have, like, the second half of March and April to get back in the swing of things. Then him try to play through it, and then, mm-hmm. like, he's done for the year. Like, that's totally yeah. not worth it. You know, we've set ourselves up. We're 13 games above 500 at this point, 14 games, something like that. Like, we're going to make the playoffs, you know? Will we hold on to this one seed? Uh, probably not. I'd, I would guess that it doesn't happen. But that doesn't really matter come playoffs. You know, we saw the Atlanta Hawks get there with their fifth seed kind of just in a fluky year. You know, the the worst thing you can do is not be healthy. So You're just saying it's a home court advantage right now. Yeah, exactly. Like My goal this year with the Bulls is be competitive in the semifinals of the, con- the conference semis. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if we can do that, I, I'll, I'll be okay. And I honestly think, Colin, that, you know, Lonzo getting hurt isn't ideal, but this is a really good chance for Kobe and Io Dosunmo, Dosunmo, um, who's been on fire, Colin. Io is quickly becoming one of my favorite players. Um, you don't see him make the mistakes that rookies typically do. He is so fast, Colin, and I'm hoping he gets a really good run here because he is instantly part of the rotation. Yeah. Yeah, so people forget he was a three-year player down at U of I. So he's coming to the league with a a bit more experience than some of your other your other traditional rookies, and yeah, he's clearly a pretty skilled dude, and an absolute steal at pick number thirty eight, to say the least. And Kobe White's heating up too, you know. People forget Kobe White's only about a month off his injury, so yeah, you know. Uh, for our fantasy listeners, go pick up Kobe. Go pick up Io right now. Yeah, seriously, seriously. No, this um, next point. Next piece uh, of news. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. I Vo- don't even want to talk about this. Team. Vogel in the hot seat? It's stupid. It's stupid. He's a good coach. Like, it's just, it's scapegoat. That's all it is. Like, you, they're just looking yes. for a reason to blame somebody. They can't just accept that they built a shitty roster. And it's pretty, it's pretty like, I don't even know what the word is, Con, but it's very like... I imagine it's very debilitating to Frank Vogel's mental call and how he's being evaluated here on like a game-to-game basis. And it's like, you either commit to this guy as your guy or you fire him right now. Like, why are you like hanging this guy's job on a game-to-game basis? Like, he didn't put together this roster and he hasn't had AD. It's like, you either commit or do you just let him go? You don't fucking... Yeah, it doesn't make... Swing him here. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I mean, you've got... You're starting Avery Bradley... You started fucking uh, uh, Trevor Ariza the other night. These dudes are 36 years old. You're starting a roster, a starting lineup, where everybody's older than 33. Like, I, I, that's what he's got to deal with. I, I don't know what you want him to do. Yeah. Vogel's a defensive-minded coach, Colin, and this team's not a defensive-minded team. That's It's that's not pretty, an... That's a bear. It's not an anything team. It's a team where if LeBron, AD, and Russ are all fully healthy and clicking, they'll be good. 
that's what it is, and that's not the case, so they're not good. So I, I just I don't know. It's stupid. If Vogel's done nothing wrong, yeah. God, I hate the Lakers. All right, let's move on. I love LeBron though. I, mm, I love Russ. I, love I like LeBron Russ. So I love. Okay, well, I like AD no, too. no. Uh, uh, yeah, I like AD. I'm I'm fine with AD. Oh, uh, he's kind of. This is eh. so funny, Colin. I can't wait to listen back to this. And like, the Lakers are going to be. I mean, I don't know, but if like, they could just be fine come playoff time. I've I've been saying that. I've been saying that for like months. That like, if this team, if AD is healthy in the playoffs, and Russ can like figure his shit out, which we've seen happen before. We see it happen almost every single year. Russ figures his shit out. They're going to be fine. Oh, God. I think it's seriously, like, if Twitter wasn't a thing, I think Frank Vogel's job would be fine. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Um, This next piece of news, Colin, two Jeremy Grant pieces of news here. Um, This first report, the Pistons made a trade offer of Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, Kelly Olenek, and a first-round pick to the 76ers for Ben Simmons via Bleacher Report. The 76ers were, quote, not excited about the offer. Yeah, well, uh, if I'm the 76ers, I don't, I don't get what else I'm looking for here. Jeremy Grant can could be the piece you need. <laughs> like right, Jeremy Grant and Tobias shoot seven for thirty-seven on a night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's a reason you got I mean, Danny yeah. Green and Seth Curry. And I like Sadiq. Sadiq Bay is like just the younger version of Danny Green. Yeah. Really. Yeah, and um, Kelly Olynyk's a nice bench I really piece. I get why the Pistons are offering this because I don't think Cade and Simmons is a very good fit at all, Colin. I, I don't, I don't know if it's a terrible fit. I mean, are you are you making Simmons play a like a role a four role? On that team, yeah, I think so. With like, they have to be pure other pure shooters on the floor. I mean, that's fine though. Yeah. Okay. I just think the Pistons should stay on the route they're on. Honestly, I think they're going to be pretty good in a couple years. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think this is another nice draft coming up, and you're going to have a top five pick at the very I'd least. I'd rather so. trade Jeremy Grant to get a first than give up a first and get rid of Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I mean, it's at some point you got to stop the tank, but yeah, I don't know if it's right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next piece of news, Colin. Jeremy Grant has little interest in joining a team where he doesn't feature as a primary offensive option per Jake L. Fisher Grant. Um, Jake L. Fisher, sorry. Grant also would like to sign an extension in the ballpark of four years, $112 million this offseason. Uh, putting um, that around like $28 million a year. I'm not paying him that. <laughs> I, I, <Neither> think, I. <laughs> I think he... Uh, I'd be comfortable paying him 19 mil a year. I, I think he's worth that. So yeah, yeah. I just I, like he's not a primary offensive weapon. You know, like can he be on the Pistons? Sure. Can he be a primary? Can he be the third option on a winning team? Yeah, probably. 
I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely not the first or second. Yeah, I I don't know why like Jeremy Grant would really leak that con. That doesn't seem very beneficial to his um free agency coming up in two years, I think, or a year and a half at this point. Uh man, Detroit might have a poison this guy's mind con, but Yeah. You know, I, I mean, still like Jeremy Grant as a player, but I'm not paying him twenty eight million per year. No. No, and the Pistons are the only team that's going to give you anywhere in the ballpark of that kind of money. The only team. Nobody else is paying that. No one. Yeah. Um, Two pieces of Pacer news here, Colin. Uh, I'm just going to read them off, and I'll give you my thoughts. Uh, Pacer center Miles Turner is expected to be sidelined beyond the February 10th NBA trade deadline uh, due to a foot injury. Sources tell ESPN. Team says he will be reexamined in two weeks, but teams interested in trading for Turner We'll have to do due diligence on the injury as they weigh offers. Um, also, Domantas Sabonis rolled his ankle in the game the other night, Colin, and it's probably going to be a significant injury, which means he's probably out at least four weeks. Um, this is pretty interesting, Colin, because most of the teams that want to trade for Miles right now are teams that are good but trying to win um, more games, such as the Hornets, the Knicks, the Mavs, the Blazers. And this is this puts a really big wrench into those teams trading for him. And... Um, also, with the Sabonis injury, you know, I don't really see a team wanting to trade um, for him right now. And I was kind of thinking, Colin, this just this Pacer team. I think we're trading Karras. I think Karras is gone, but at this point, I yeah. think through the season, we're keeping Miles and Sabonis. And it kind of feel I'm I'm not here for it, Colin. But it feels like we're having a pretty similar season this year to the Raptors of last year, where the Raptors have a bad year last year. They get a top five pick. They get Scotty Barnes. And they're the team they are now. I'm not saying I want to go in that direction. I want to tank Con, but um, Pacers have the sixth worst record in the league. Con the tank is fully on tonight. We started Kiefer Sykes, Duarte, Justin Holiday, Tory Craig, and Goga against the Warriors. Um, we're gonna get a good draft pick this year, Con. We're aiming for top five, so we can get you're actually one of the three winning right now. Or Jaden Ivy. Oh, That's I spoke too soon. Um, <clears throat> Colin, Pacer, I've been watching Pacer games still. Yeah. We keep games very competitive, and we lose in the fourth quarter. Kind of the ideal scenario for a tanking team. And Yeah. Um, I'm excited for a high draft pick, Colin. I'll say that. Whatever we do after, I, I, I don't think I'll be happy, but give me Jaden Ivey, baby. I would be very happy with Jaden Ivey. Yeah, and you know what? I, when I said the thing about... Maybe I said this before we started the podcast, but comparing Jaden Ivey to Tatum and you said he reminds you more of Mitchell, I, I just I think that his explosiveness in the paint and his footwork in getting those shots up in the paint for somebody who's a bit undersized is just so spectacular. It reminded me of a move I saw in Tatum's like draft tape where I was like, holy shit, like, you better take this guy high. And somehow mm-hmm. Markel Fultz went number one. Like, Jaden Ivey had that move where I was like, nobody else is doing this. Like, nobody else has this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is direct, like, you can just watch him play, like, a quarter con or a half, and you see, like, what skills are directly going to um, yeah. translate to the NBA. Like, that step-back jumper, Colin, is a shot that he will get in the NBA quite often. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I like it. <laughs> uh, next piece of news, Colin. The Sacramento Kings organization, after a slew of rumors around De'Aaron Fox, you know, potentially being traded to Sixers, potentially a swap for De'Aaron Fox and some bonus, um, the Kings have came out and said that what their current mindset is, they're not moving De'Aaron Fox, and they want to center the team around Fox and second-year guard Tyrese Halliburton, sources say. That means they're trading Fox next week. Yeah. Do you do you think that's the right move, Colin, to be centering the team here around Fox and Halliburton? What, what do you feel here? I feel like the Kings have absolutely no direction. I feel like they've changed their mind on what their direction is five times already this season, and that they just have to commit to something. Like just do something. Like if if Fox and Halliburton are your guys, great. You know they're they're both pretty young. Fox is what twenty three right now, maybe twenty four. Halliburton's twenty twenty one. I mean, yeah, that's fine moving forward. But then trade Heald, trade Barnes, find some pieces that work with that team if that's what you're going to rebuild with because nobody wants to just have a franchise constantly hovering around like the 20th best team in the NBA. Like, that's stupid. It's just hell. So I just I think they need to pick something. Whatever they pick, they just need to do it. Yeah, I I agree with that. They do just need to choose a direction. Personally, I think they should trade De'Aaron Fox. Um, I think what you're going to get for Heald and um, Harrison Barnes just isn't going to be good enough to actually put another team around Fox and Halliburton. I'd rather just trade Fox because he's your best asset. But that's just me. Uh, the Kings are fucked, so it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> Next piece of news here, Colin. We had a three-team trade between the Nuggets, Spurs, and Celtics. Um, mm-hmm. A rare win-win-win trade here, Colin. I'll explain to you why. I know. The Nuggets, <laughs> receive, the Nuggets receive Brent Forbes, Colin. The Spurs receive Juancho Hernan Gomez and a 2028 second-round pick. And the Celtics receive Bol Bol and P.J. Dozier. Um, this is a win for the Celtics here, Colin, because... Um, they get under the luxury tax. Uh, Bobo and P.J. Dozier are both not going to play the rest of the season. P.J. Dozier tore his ACL, and Bobo's having foot surgery. But the Celtics do get under the luxury tax. They save some money. Um, win for the Spurs because they traded Bryn Forbes, the guy they signed in the summer, and they got a free second-round pick. And a win for the Nuggets here, Con, because um, interesting Bryn Forbes stat here, Con. Over the last four seasons, out of guys who have attempted at least 1,000 three-pointers, Bryn Forbes has the third best three-point percentage at 41.1%. The Nuggets are getting a shooter. They're getting a guy that can play around uh, Jokic, Murray. And they also opened up a roster spot here, Colin, um, leading me to believe that the Nuggets aren't done here. They want some help. And, yeah, win, 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 trade. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and... uh, uh, Go ahead, and then I have a piece of news as it relates to the Nuggets. But go ahead. Oh, okay. Say that right now, then. Uh, so there's optimism that Michael Porter and Jamal Murray could return like before the playoffs this year. <clears throat> I hope so. This came out today, actually. I, I'm reading it on Hoops. I'd instantly Wo- be rooting for the Nuggets. Yeah. So, Woj quote, there's a lot of optimism about how he's rehabbing and talking to Tim Conley, their president, and Mark Bernstein, Porter's agent. They love the way that he has come along, and there's optimism 
We are going to see him again this season. And, of course, Jamal Murray, another player with an ACL injury, they've not ruled out the possibility that he could be back later this year. So you look at a Denver team, they could possibly add back MPJ, and we'll see with Jamal Murray, and that's a very formidable team in the playoffs. I mean... Let's go. I love the Nuggets. They're they're my favorite team in the West, for sure. I love Jamal Murray. I hope they come back because the way Jokic is playing right now, Colin... No one wants to see the Nuggets, TBH. Um, next piece of news here, Colin. We have a proposed trade offer from the 76ers to the Warriors. I think oh this my God. Was it actually? Just, I thought it was a meme. This. No, this is an official proposed trade offer, Colin. This is official. Um, let me read it to you. Warriors receive Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Andre Drummond. 76ers receive Draymond Green. Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kuminga, and two future first-round picks. You know what's the biggest insult there? The two future first-round picks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? What? I would have just hung up the phone. I would have hung up the phone. I would have taken out my, my pen and paper... Wrote just four letters, F U K space U, and mailed it to Daryl Morey's home. That's what I would have done. <laughs> um, this is a la- This is a very laughable trade offer, Colin. First off, Draymond Green is more valuable to the Warriors than any other team in the league. Um, they're they're not trading Draymond Green, especially for yeah. Ben Simmons and fucking Tobias yeah, Harris, what? dumbass. Uh, secondly, Colin. The Warriors are set up here pretty nicely for post Steph Clay Draymond dynasty. Like yeah. they're they're setting themselves up with Kaminga Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jordan Poole. Yeah. And And the, they, the Mitten. They're not trading first when the Warriors there's just teams gone that are better than drafting um than other teams in the league. The Warriors have yeah. one of the better scouting departments. They clearly know how to draft. Why would they be giving up picks? And I I I don't get why the Warriors would even do this. It's laughable because just the way the Warriors are, like, you, you told me, Colin, the way they see their G League yeah. not just as a second team to them and a way to actually yeah. develop teams, like how um, English Premier League teams use their yeah. 23 Academy teams as actually helping progress talent and finding guys from there. Like, the Warriors are set up for the future, Colin. They're set up for now. And the 76ers are clowns. Daryl Morey is a clown. I used to respect him so much. You know, we, we talk about Maury Ball. Jesus Christ, this guy just has no mind at all. The, the fact that he could have, at one point in the season last year, traded Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up and let it go to waste. Like, how dumb does he look now? Yeah, I feel bad for Joel Embiid. That's about the only person in the Sixers, Fran. Um franchise i feel bad for uh just some yeah. last quick hitters here colin before we get into the mid-season awards harden james harden passed ray allen for the most three-point misses in nba history um <laughs> I, I, I missed that one yeah, i missed that one <laughs> uh lebron leads the league this season con in, in 30 point per games 30 point games this season lebron wow. also became the first player ever with thirty thousand points ten thousand rebounds and nine thousand assists um, congrats to LeBron. You're my goat, baby. Um, the Mavs have 80 franchise triple doubles, Colin, in history. Luca has 40 of them. 
does Dirk have the other, like, 30? <laughs> Dude, it has to be, like, Jason Kidd. I don't even know. Like, oh, Steve yeah. Nash, maybe. Not Steve Nash. It has to be Jason Kidd. I have no clue. Maybe uh, Steve Nash in the early days. That record. No, Nash, like, didn't score. No, Nash uh, was bad on the Mavs. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, he wasn't bad, like but, that. yeah. Um, Chandler Parsons has officially retired from the NBA con. If you're <laughs> Did you know, really? my age or older, my age or older, you remember yeah. that Chandler Parsons on the Rockets was an absolute dog. Um, signed a pretty big contract with the Grizzlies, but then got into a car accident and it really, it was, in, it caused injuries that derailed his entire NBA career. Yeah. And he announced that he retired from the NBA this week on. He also won the lawsuit um, for the car accident. So good for Chandler Parsons. Set for life. And honestly, he was going to be a pretty good NBA player before he got hurt. So kind of sad. Yeah. He's um, also a Florida Gator. So con. shout out. Yeah. Last piece of news, Colin. Miami is open to moving Duncan, maybe open to moving Duncan Robinson. For, but Why? Why? No. No, on that Miami team, he fits so well. I just didn't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you take he's away? Kind of, he's been kind of bad this season, TBH. Yeah, but uh, I like shoot or shoot, you know? Making, he's also making 17 mil, and I think his minutes could be filled by um, Struess and Vincent pretty easily. Then move him in the offseason. Don't move him now. I mean, yeah. we're talking yeah. about a guy who's a career 43%, or, yeah, a career 40%, 41% three-point shooter. I know he's way down this year, but, like, uh, shooters can shoot and shooters can figure it out. Like, I'm I'm not moving him now. Like, I think that's dumb. Yes, sir. Duncan Robinson's worth having, Colin, for the fact that he could hit, like, seven threes in the playoffs and just win you a game. Yeah, exactly. Really why you have Duncan Robinson. Exactly. Why do you think yeah. the Heat had Ray Allen for 2013? Yep. <laughs> uh, that's Bang. a whole lot of news. That's a whole lot of news. Jeez. That's more news than I was expecting on this young Thursday night. All righty. Well, let, let's get into it, what this is supposed to be about. Mid season awards con um we are picking from the you know major award categories and we're not projecting here con we are straight up picking our mid-season awards um mm-hmm. let's just start off con with mvp uh how do you want to do this wait so so we should clarify this isn't like mvp who's gonna win mvp at the end it's from yes, from MVP, right now yeah, yeah i just i wanted to, to really clarify you know, for all these, it, it it's at this point in the season. This is the MVP. This is who's played the best. If the season ended today, this is who the MVP would be. All right. So let's, we should start with MVP. We're gonna do MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, and then all the uh, first, second, third teams. MVP, Noah, it's, it's got to be Jokic. It just it has to be this season that this guy's putting up again is insane. The supporting cast he has on the Nuggets, not insane in the slightest. But somehow, he's having a more insane year this year than he was last year. He's averaging 26 points a game, 14 rebounds, 7.5 assists, a steal and a half, a little less than a block a game. Those numbers... 
Can Ridiculous. I hit you with the stats real quick, Colin? Yeah, hit me with the advanced analytics, baby. I I, I want to be hit with uh, the advanced. You know, I was really trying. I was thinking, Colin, to how to make a case against Jokic because Jokic is also my MVP um, halfway through the season so far, Colin. And the Nuggets are 22.9 points per 100 possessions better with Jokic on the floor than off, Colin, per cleaning the glass. Denver has a 9.3 net rating when Jokic is playing and a negative 13.6 net rating when he's not. For context, Colin, the Warriors' league best net rating right now is 7.8, and the Pistons have the league worst net rating, which is negative 9.9. That means Denver plays like one of the best teams in the NBA, Colin, when Jokic is on the court, and they basically turn into the worst team when he's on the bench. Um... Nearly every single night, Colin Jokic builds his team a lead, the bench coughs it up, and Jokic has to fight to get it back. Um, with all that being said, Colin Denver still has a 20-15 and 15 record in games which Jokic has, has played, which equates out to the fifth best winning percentage in the West. And, you know, it's pretty undeniable, Colin. It's, it's hard to deny the value Jokic brings to his team. And that makes him the most important player in the league right now, Colin. And I think that this MVP conversation is pretty hard. Um, you know, Jokic, Giannis, Steph Curry, KD, DeRozan, John yeah. Grant, and Chris Paul all have arguments to be yeah. on the ballot. But this is one of those years, Colin, where it feels like the word valuable is yeah. really going to be picked apart because Jokic, Giannis, KD, and Steph all have the stat lines, Colin. So I think it's like kind of useless comparing stat lines, but... Jokic is providing the most value. Pretty simple here, Colin. Yeah, yeah. I I have this debate a lot in the NFL because I hate that they use the phrase MVP. I think that it should be most outstanding player because it's always like in in the NFL. Of course, the quarterback's the most valuable player. Like no shit. Cooper you Cup know, should have been MVP. Yeah, exactly. Like Cooper Cup was the most outstanding. Jonathan Taylor was more outstanding than anybody else, but just because they're not at the right position, they're not going to win the award. Rogers which is... had a Rogers had an above average season, and he's yeah, he had a MVP. pretty good pretty season. Disgusting. Yeah, and his team was the number one seed. Like that was it. That was it. And Brady was going to win it until his team lost the number one seed. Like that. That was it. So, and Brady's had been having a better statistical season. Yeah, in almost every category than Rodgers. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> it's Brady broke his career record for passing yards in a season. I know he had an extra game, but like, still, come on, he's forty-four years old. So stupid. Um, do you just want to? Will you read your list off? Colin, yeah, yeah. So my order goes: Jokic, Steph, KD, Ja, Giannis, Damar. With the understanding that KD is going to fall down after he misses four to six weeks. Yeah. Um, mine is Jokic, Giannis, who I actually think um, – it seems like every MVP person on the MVP ballot, Colin, has like um, a couple weeks or a month where like the league is like, yeah, this guy's the MVP right now. Right. And I think Giannis, during this time while KD is out, it's probably going to take that reign from Jokic, um, just like the media headline, you know. But yeah. I have Jokic, Giannis, Steph, KD, Joel Embiid, who quietly, Colin, has in his last 13 of 15 games, he scored 31 or more points. Um, Shoo-wee. I have DeMar DeRozan at 6, John Moran at 7, and LeBron at 8. But, Colin, um, the podcast I listen to every day, No Dunks, a.k.a. The yeah. Starters, they describe the MVP conversation as 
the MVP um, table. Like they're all sitting at a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, the table's, you know, five, six seats wide. And just watch out for Luca here, Con. I, if we're using that analogy, Luca has just pulled into the parking lot, Con. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like the Mavs that. Are 12 and, the Mavs are 12 and 1 in their last 13. Holy shit. That's that's real quiet. Yeah. I knew that the Mavs are having themselves a hell of a season, you know, especially after they didn't make hardly any moves at the the offseason last year. Dude, I mean, Luke, Luke is different. Jalen has been a revelation for that team, and they, yeah. he is absolutely going to get paid this season, and I don't think the Mavs are going to be able to afford him. Yeah. They're gonna have to pay somebody though, and low key, when Kristaps has been healthy, Kristaps has been the player that they kind of paid him to be. I know he's um, he's you know we were very quick to talk shit on Kristaps at the last playoffs con, which he deserved it, but no one well, really, I haven't really seen anyone t- praising him for him playing as well as he has been this season. You, you know, what? I'll give I'll give us some credit here because you and I the whole time are like, yeah, he like sucked ass in this series, but people are so quick to overrate like one series as to why a player's <laughs> bad and just write them off. And you and I I think we yeah. both said we're like if this guy can like f- kind of figure his shit out, like the, the Mavs should be fine. Like I remember especially when we were talking about like fantasy drafts, we're like Yo, Kristaps is not this bad. He shouldn't be drafted like 80th overall. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can see how, you know, that situation goes south very quickly, Con, a.k.a. Yes. how the Ben Simmons situation is playing out right now. And yeah. this is me, Con. I have, I'm an owner of Kristaps in um, fantasy, and dude's having a good season. Um, Mavs are a very fun team to watch, and... Luca is in the parking lot, Con. He's waiting on his reservation. Yeah, I was going to say, Damar, I'm waiting for him to drop off a little bit out of this conversation because it feels like his moment was after he hit those two buzzer beaters and everybody was like, all right, Damar's the MVP for a couple days now. And Steph's falling off. Yeah, it's you to win the MVP, you really have to be hot in like February and March. If you're not hot in February and March, everybody's going to forget about what you did October, November. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All righty. Let's, uh, let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, our lists differ a bit as we go down the line, but I, I think it's pretty clear who the uh, Defensive Player of the Year is right now, and, and that's Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty simple con, best defensive player on the best defensive team. Yeah, if you're going to anchor the best defensive team and clearly be the best defensive option, you're going to be the de- best defensive player. It, it's uh, it's pretty simple to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I said this earlier in the season, con, but the Warriors, um, they have a 102.3 defensive rating, which would be the des- best defensive rating of any team in the NBA since the 2016 Spurs. That's decent. That's decent. Yeah, I don't think there's much else to talk about. Uh, Read off the rest of your list. So I have Draymond at one, uh, Rudy Gobert regrettedly at number two, Giannis at three, Evan Mobley at four, and a little shout-out on for my perimeter boy, McCall. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I went with with Jared Allen at two. His 
His defensive warp is top-notch. Rudy at three, Moby at four. I just had to shout out the Cavs for anchoring the second-best defense. The, uh, uh, well, I can't think of a, a phrase for two tall guys because, you know, back in the, the Rockets days, they called them the Twin Towers, and you can't do that anymore. So, uh, I don't know, maybe like the, the Twin Peaks. We'll call them Twin Peaks. And then uh, Giannis at five. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, are you ready to talk about the quickest uh, category that we're going to talk <laughs> about all night? Yep. Six man of the year. <laughs> this was a tough one. You actually, you only ranked one person. I put two on my list. <laughs> yeah, who's your number two? And then we'll both say our number one. All right. My number two is uh, the shrugging face emoticon. <laughs> I imagine that guy from the last dance, Colin. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I've had this. I have this like in my iPhone for like seven years now. If I like type in shrug, this guy will come up. It's like the because yeah, uh, you, you like look up like shrug face emoticon if you don't know what I'm talking about. You you'll get it pretty quickly. Uh, and I put it Noah because it doesn't matter. Because the sixth man of the year is three, two, one, Tyler Hero. Uh, you didn't even say it with yes, me, you asshole. Sorry. Tyler Hero. <laughs> Tyler Hero. Uh, he's killing it. He's killing it. I mean, it's kind of one of those things like he he doesn't necessarily deserve to be coming off the bench, but that's just the role that he's kind of playing for the Heat. And... Uh, He's killing it. He's averaging 21 points a game, five boards, four assists, and when you come off the bench and do that, you're uh, you're probably gonna win six man. You wanna you wanna hear one of those funny like very specific stats, Colin? That like, um, you know that Thad Young, the Thad Young stat yeah. graphic. Yeah, um, I have one for Tyler Hero. <laughs> oh, do you? Yes, give it to me. Hero is one of only three players averaging at least 20 points, five rebounds, and four assists a night while shooting at least 38% from three on no less than six attempts a game. Can you guess the other two? Run run back. What was the first part of it? Was it coming off the bench? Was that part of it? No. So Hero is one of only three players in the NBA averaging at least 20 points, five rebounds, and four assists while also shooting at least 38% from three on no less than six attempts a game. Huh. Is is Levine there? No. Oh, he's got to be close. Um, both in the West. Both in the West. Uh, maybe Jokic. No. Ooh, yeah, the three-point attempts. I got to get there. Um, is, is Steph? Steph is one of them. Who's the other? It's going to be somebody whack, right? Or is it like an all-star? No. Oh, is it LeBron? All-star. No. Uh, give me... Give me... Uh, Booker? No, no, no. no I wouldn't yes, get sir. there on... Oh, it is yes, Booker. Sir. Let's go. Let's go. Yes, sir. All right, man, that was going to be my last guess, too, so. All right, I nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You win for this award. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, that's actually that's not as stat picky as as some of those get. The six three point attempts that that definitely uh, lessens the crowd, but could be worse. That's that's decent company. All right, uh, no, let's do some coach of the year talk. Oh, I'm just looking at your list for the first time. It's, oh, all right. I won't ruin it. Um, Noah, coach of the year. I think we've we we say this every single time. It's kind of just a who's who of uh, the top three teams in each respective conference. Mm-hmm. But or or it's whoever is the coach of the team that was, like, bottom five last year and made the playoffs this year unexpectedly. Um, so where, where do you want to start with this? you just want to read Let's off your, your list? Coach of the year. It's well, of the it's, year. Uh, it's actually who I predicted to be coach of the year at the beginning of all this. Uh, it was purely analytical, no bias at all, and that's Billy Donovan. Kind of has to be. Yeah, um, yeah. This is a pretty competitive uh, field so far, Colin. Yeah, it actually is. Billy Donovan has the Bulls in first place in the East, Colin, ahead of both the Nets and the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. Billy Donovan very easily could be the coach of the year so far this season, Colin. Um, he's not mine. Billy Donovan's at number two on my list. My coach of the year so far, Colin, is Taylor Jenkins, coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, and you know. The Grizzlies are third place in the West, Colin, you know, thanks to Ja playing so well. But I think it's important to look at that stretch when Ja Morant went down early in the season, Colin. Um, the Grizzlies really didn't blink at all, and they went 11-2 and without Ja Morant. Um, the Grizzlies are pretty ahead of schedule here, Colin, I think, as to where most people thought they would be. And I think, I think Taylor Jenkins deserves a lot of recognition for that. All right, well, they're ahead of schedule for everybody who didn't predict John Morant as their preseason MVP. Yeah. So, shout out me for actually <laughs> understanding basketball, idiots. Funny enough, Con, the Grizzlies at third in the West have a higher win-loss percentage than the Bulls. I know. I know they do. That's, it's nuts. It's nuts. They're, they're beating the Jazz right now. They have a better record than the Jazz. Like That's just disgusting. The Suns are so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, they're right there. Uh, I, I have Taylor at my number three. I have Steve Kerr at number two just because what they, what he's done with this Warriors team. You know, I think everybody thought that the Warriors would be a playoff team again. I don't think everybody thought that they would be the title favorite to this point in the season. And so for that reason, I just I have to give it to Steve Kerr. I mean, this is not a roster that I think a lot of people look at and it immediately pops out to is being an insane defensive team, having an insanely high offensive efficiency. Uh, I know that they're in a little bit of a road bump right now, but to this point in the year, Steve Kerr has done a phenomenal job and Taylor Jenkins is, is right there with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Noah, can you read off the rest of your list? Because it, you've made an interesting point on your list. <laughs> uh, yeah, number one, Colin, I have Taylor Jenkins, and then I have open parenthesis, Eric Spolstra, close parenthesis every year. Um, 
I have Billy Donovan at number two. I have J.B. Bickerstaff at number three, coach of the Cavs. I think he deserves a lot of credit for where the Cavs are at so far this season. Um, at number four, I have Steve Kerr. And then at number five, I have Frank Vogel. You have Frank Vogel. Yeah, I think he's doing a shape-up job with the roster he was given. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you're violating the number one rule of this podcast, which is Eric Spolstra is always a top five coach at any given time. So you don't have Eric Spolstra, who's my number four, and then I have J.B. Bickerstaff at number five. Can't can't write off Eric Spolstra. He's always top five. Alrighty, let's move on to Rookie of the Year. Uh, we have uh, almost the same list. Almost. So close. Maybe favoritism played a little bit into my list, but I have Evan Mobley as my Rookie of the Year. That feels pretty cut and dry. As do I. Yeah, I think it's Mobley's uh, race to lose at this point, Con. Uh, on the season, he's averaging 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 2.7 assists a night for the Cavs, who I think have been probably the most surprising team in the first half. Uh, Cleveland has the best net rating of any team in the East Con. They also have the third best defense in the NBA right now, and Mobley's been a huge factor in their success. Um, I don't think the counting stats really leap off the page, Colin. He's fourth in scoring, eighth in assists, and first among rebounds, among rookies. Um, he really has shined on the defensive end of the floor along with Jerry yeah, Allen. Yeah, he has. He is, Mobley is just easily already one of my favorite players in the NBA, Colin. His defensive versatility has allowed the fit with Allen and Laurie Markkinen to just kind of be seamless and, um, you know, Mobley's already a pretty good help defender, a paint and rim protector, and he's, he's developing the perimeter game, Colin, which is actually very scary. And, oh. Mobley's, um, Mobley, had, he's still developing the shooting con, but he's still been an impactful offensive player. And, wow. I, I, I don't think Rookie of the Year con is the only accolade Mobley is leaving with at the end of this season. I think he's getting on an all-defensive team. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason that I had him ranked in my top five defensive player of the years. I mean, it's... Uh... It's pretty incredible how good he has been so far on the defensive end. I mean, he has helped revitalize that Cleveland defense, and the Cleveland defense is exactly why they're a top-five team in the East right now, which is crazy to say. Mm -hmm. Do you know the last time a Cleveland team made the playoffs without LeBron James? 2001. I actually don't know the answer, so... I think it's two thousand or two thousand and one. Was it? I, cause, no, I thought they were bad then. I thought it was gonna. I, th- I think it was like nineteen ninety six. Hold on, let's. When they played the Bulls. Yeah, let's let's see. So. No, dude. They. It was nineteen seventy eight. 1978 oh was the last time the Cavs made the playoffs without LeBron James. Are you, did they not get like a game winner hit on them by Jordan? No, they did. They did. That was that was actually early. That was like in the first three Pete that that happened. Okay. 
Because there was a Cavs team in 1992-93 that was... In 92, they won 57 games. Like, it was a really good team. They had, like, Mark Price. Um, mm-hmm. They had a young Steve Kerr. Who else do they have? Oh, they had this guy, Brad Daughtry. I forgot about him. He actually averaged, like, 26 points a game. He was a five-time All-Star. He's just one of those dudes... Totally out lost in history. He was coming off uh, an all-star season, had like a, a decent year in the lockout, and then broke his back and never came back. Just career done. <laughs> but he was an all-star five of his seven first seasons. Wow. Right? The team was nice. Oh, and they had Craig Elo too, who was always <laughs> just decent. <laughs> yeah, throwback, throwback. But yeah, that's that's what we're talking about with this Cavs team. Now, granted, LeBron was on your team for like nine seasons, so <laughs> that that does skew things a little bit. But we're still talking about like twelve, thirteen seasons here that he wasn't on the team, and you just didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's yeah. rough. That's rough in the uh, NBA. Do you want to read off the rest of your list real quick, Colin? Yeah, yeah. So I got Scotty Barnes, Cade, uh, Franz Wagner, and then I've got Io. I got to throw the the Homer pick there, and then uh, you threw Giddy on there, which it does make a lot of sense. Josh Giddy's a very good player. Young triple double machine. Josh Giddy is developing. No, no, no. no. He's the double double machine, all points and rebounds. Or no, all assist. <laughs> God damn it, I fucked it up. All assist <laughs> rebounds, no points. No, yeah, mad about that one. I really I, like Giddy. Giddy is going to be a great player in the league. I I remember when they picked him. I was like, huh, this guy. But absolutely fantastic rookie class. I mean, seriously, it it really is. It really is. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move through most improved pretty quickly. Uh, even though it's a it's a fun category to talk about, but oh, you read off yours, and why don't you give us some rationale as to why your guy's number one, and I'll give uh, my guy. Yeah. So the problem here is, Con is I think John ja Morant was already too good to win MIP. Um, mm-hmm. That's. Because if he wasn't as good as he was last year, Colin, I probably would have him winning MIP. But I think him being so high in the MVP ladder also um, hurts his case for winning most improved. Uh, my list right now is Miles Bridges, John Moran at second, uh, just depending on how you look at that. Darius mm-hmm. Garland at three, DeJounte Murray at four, and Desmond Bain at five. Um, you know, Miles Bridges is... Miles Bridges has had a hell of a season, Colin. He's cooled off yeah, since October he where he averaged 25 points per game. Yeah. Uh, but I still think he's extremely worthy of being the most improved player this season. Uh, he's averaging career best, con in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, and free throw attempts. Um, those might be important categories for a basketball player, Colin. I don't know. <laughs> um, now nah, we don't look at those here. Player. It's all added up to Bridges averaging 19.6 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 3.6 assists per game. Um, his passing has actually shown a lot of improvement, Colin. You know, he plays alongside mm-hmm. ball dominant guards and Rozier and Ball, but he's uh, he's really improved his playmaking, and he's not a lock for this award, Colin. 
I think DeJounte Murray and um, I think DeJounte Murray and Darius Garland and Desmond Bain all have a case, but as of right now, I have Miles Bridges winning this award. Yeah, I don't hate your case. I have John Moran at number one just because, like, if, if you're not wrong, you're not wrong. It does feel like his improvement has just been from, like, borderline all-star to superstar. So, mm-hmm. like, there's that's a tough jump to make, like, in my mind. Like, that's not something that you just do overnight. So I, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. But you're absolutely right. I think that Miles Bridges and DeJounte Murray at this point to me are kind of a, a coin flip. You know, Miles Bridges I think maybe has a little bit of an edge in that he's playing for a winning team. But DeJounte Murray right now is averaging 19.5 points. He's leading the league in steals per game. And he's also averaging eight and a half boards and nine assists. Those are absurd numbers. Absurd. So, I don't know. To me, I'm fine giving it to either one of those guys. And then uh, Darius Garland makes it real close, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all here for the. I really want DeJounte Murray to be an all-star so badly. Uh, the dude might be the most underrated player in the league now, Colin. I think he is. I think he's a top five fantasy player right now, and there's just something to be said Number about two in total points scored so far this year in fantasy. That'll do it. That'll absolutely do it. Number two. Number oh my two. God. Yeah, and then I put Anthony Simons at number five just because he's been on an absolute heater this last month. You went with Desmond Bain. I take it. You really want the OG part, the OG most of the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not not. There's still an outside chance that it happens. Like, he's not off Perfect. the ballot. So, it's, you know, decent take. All right, Noah. Wow, you didn't. You liked my first kinda, team that much that you didn't even make your own? Um, Mainly my brain kind of hurt, Colin, so I didn't really want <laughs> to make my own teams. But I, I do agree with yours most generally. I agree with mm-hmm. your first team for sure. I think the first team – I think the first team, I if you pick any other team, I, I don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Kind of weird – yeah, kind of weird, um, but it's going to go Steph at point guard, Damar at shooting guard, KD at small forward, Giannis at power forward, Jokic at center. Uh, the, the one weird part is DeRozan being a shooting guard. He doesn't really play shooting guard. He's a small forward. This dude's played small forward for like the last it, seven yeah, years. <laughs> but for whatever reason... Like, he's listed as a shooting guard on the All-Star ballot, which I means <laughs> that he'll qualify as a shooting guard for, like, all NBA voting. It doesn't It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not complaining because he deserves it. Uh, and then, you know, I think we've talked about every single other guy on this list in the MVP race, so, you know, yep. why no the hell complaints. not? Yeah. No complaints there. Yeah. And then second team, you, you don't have a problem with either, Noah, which, you know. I, uh. 
you know, I I looked at Tatum, but I couldn't come up with an argument. That was so. that was my thing. Was like the small forward is is so weak this year because the the last person I filled was the small forward on the third team, and it was basically just like like fuck it. Like there's literally nobody else that I can pick. Everybody else is just not even close to being worthy of this. Mm-hmm. So second team is going to go John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, LeBron, Embiid. Uh, the only one I really struggled with here was Donovan Mitchell over Zach Levine. And uh, I gave him the edge just because Zach Levine's missed time with COVID. And now he's missed time with the leg and Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the Jazz, and I can't necessarily say the same thing about Zach Levine. As much as I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, read the third team. I think the third team is where we could probably have the most debate. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely... Definitely, I agree on that. But third team's going to go, and this is my third team, CP3, Zach Levine, Jimmy Butler at the small forward, Draymond, and Cat. Yeah, I. <clears throat> it feels weird, Colin. I think I would have been, I'm happy, I'm fine with Zach Levine, but I also could just see it being a CP3 Booker backcourt here. Like, it feels weird that Booker isn't on here. Yeah, but how can you give it to Booker over Levine with the season Levine's having? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Suns are first in the West. I think Booker's averaging like 25, 5, and 4. So. Yeah. Well, and me- the other part you have to consider is Levine has so much more media hype right now than Booker does that, mm-hmm. like, I-, I just, I think if they finish with the same seasons that they're having right now, there's no way Booker gets it over Levine. Yeah, um, I think we all, we put it in parentheses. You know, Fred VanVleet's been having a really good season. Trey Young's yeah. been having a really good season. Uh, Trey Young's averaging like twenty eight and ten so far this season, but the Hawks aren't that great of a team. Uh, Jimmy's been really good, Con, in the times that he's in the times yeah. he's played. He's just missed quite a bit of time, but I'm fine with him being on here. Like, uh, find Trae another small forward. Like, find another yeah, small Draymond, forward. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The forward is hard. Um, Draymond Green fine with that and then i do think cat's been the third best center so far sorry rudy gobert yeah yeah it got to the point where i was almost like wow like this is it's kind of easy because there's only so many guys who actually make sense in this spot the point guard was the only really really competitive spot in my mind yeah i agree dude the east is really interesting Colin, because like one of one of like it, it's like um, it's like one of Fred, Trey Young, and Lamelo Ball are, and Darius Garland. They're all competing for like two spots for guards yeah. in the East. It's gonna be really close. Yeah, I'm just I'm hoping that Demar and Zach can start. It's gonna be close. Yeah, and you know I don't see any East point guards on this uh, these three teams. Though. Con, so yeah, well no, played. no. I mean, as of a couple of weeks ago, Con, they probably would have been my East starting backcourt. Yeah, yeah. I, seriously, after the Wizards game on January third, probably would have happened. January second, whenever that was. Yeah, 
And you know what? It, by the end of the year, I, I think Harden can make a case for third team too. He actually he took over CP 3s spot as the assist leader in the NBA. Wow. Yeah, but it, just, it doesn't feel like he's been playing fantastic basketball. Yeah. He'll, he'll be an all-star. He deserves that. What an episode, Colin. What a, there, was, there was a lot to pack in on that one. A <laughs> lot. Wow. Uh, yeah. You got anything else, Colin? No, I think we, uh, we've we taken uh, up enough of the listeners' time on this one, but <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at bench underscore chatter. Leave us a like, leave us a rating, and we'll see you on Sunday. Peace. Peace.